In your bulletin, it says that the sermon today is the day the manna stopped. And that's what I had planned to preach for a while from the book of Joshua, chapter 5. Just a very short little passage um, with an interesting, uh, just, just kind of a side note almost, that uh, as the people entered into the land and they ate the fruit of the land as they were preparing for Jericho, that uh, the manna stopped. And uh, I still, I love that passage, and I, uh, I think it's great to reflect on uh, what God does through time and how he works, but um, I encourage you to read on that and meditate on it. But this morning, I had a, a passage that just kind of touched me several weeks ago and, and kind of hit me in a fresh way, and that's a great thing about Scripture yeah, I mean, you may have read your Bible through five times, ten times, whatever, or maybe your favorite verse of yours you read 25 times before, and on that 26th time, something fresh and new pops out to you, and it's uh, the way the Spirit of God works uh, through His Word and brings it to life. And, and that was the case for me for this passage in uh, Luke chapter 13, and we're going to be reading verses 1 through 9. Luke chapter 13, verses 1 through 9. And if you're physically able, would you please stand for the reading of God's Word? Luke 13, beginning in verse 1. Now there were some present at that time who told Jesus about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mixed with their sacrifices. And Jesus answered, Do you think these Galileans were worse sinners than all the other Galileans because they suffered this way? I tell you no, but unless you repent, you you too will all perish. Or the 18 who died when the tower in Siloam fell on them, do you think that they were more guilty than all the others living in Jerusalem? I tell you no, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. And he told them this parable. A man had a fig tree growing in his vineyard, and he went to look for fruit on it, but didn't find any. So he said to the man who took care of the vineyard, For three years now I've been coming to look for fruit on this fig tree and haven't found any. Cut it down. Why should it use up the soil? Sir, the man replied, Leave it alone for one more year, and I'll dig around it and fertilize it. And if it bears fruit next year, fine. If not, Then cut it down. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we uh, we come to you, and God, we we just thank you and praise you for your goodness and your kindness to us, and Lord, the fact that uh, you want us to all come to repentance. You want us to all um, get in and walk into the paths of life, the path of blessing. I pray that you'd help us to see how um, following your ways and your plan can cause us to uh, walk and to live in that way that you've called us to, the blessed life. God, we pray and we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. Have you ever uh, seen something happen, an, an accident? You saw it just before it happened and and you wanted to do something, you wanted to say something or stop it, but, you know, you open your mouth and you, it's too late to say something or too, too late to reach. I mean, it can be, it can be very, something very um, 
you know, simple, like uh, you're in your kitchen and you're standing there and someone else is in the fridge and all of a sudden they go to back into you and they don't realize you're there and you, but before you know it, they've bumped into you, you've dropped something, they've dropped something. It can be very simple like that or it can be all the way up to a, to a car wreck. And that's a, the worst, some of the worst times we can ever have is we come to an intersection and we see they're not stopping and they're not stopping and you see it coming and you think, oh, my goodness, you want to do something, you want to stop it, uh, but you can't. What about that in your own life for yourself? Have you ever found yourself on a track, on a pattern, uh, in, in a direction that you knew was not going to end up well? Uh, that things were not going to go well for you, but it just seemed like you were stuck in it, like you couldn't get out of that rut that, that you were just headed for this end result that wasn't good. Well, this passage today of Jesus' words gives us some, some uh, I guess you could say some instruction, some guidance of how to change your life, how to stop it when you're headed in that wrong direction. Jesus has been here teaching, and um, somebody brings up this story. You know, people just bring up stuff to Jesus all the time just to try to get a reaction. I mean, these guys, they, they kind of remind me of the sports reporters, you know, and the, the coaches or, or the players are there for the press conference, and people are just trying to get a reaction out of them, or, or reporters with, you know, with the, uh, our, our president and our, our government. They just try to get a reaction. Well, the people often try to do this with Jesus, and so somebody brings up, hey, Jesus, remember what happened to those Galileans, what Pilate did? So by the way, Pilate was not a good guy, even though sometimes we think, well, he wanted to let Jesus free, but he didn't. And he was a violent guy. He was a bad guy. But they, they wanted Jesus to say something like they wanted him to, to reply, yep, those sinners, they got what they deserved. They weren't doing good. They weren't doing right. And, you know, what happened? They had it coming. And Jesus said, uh Guys, do you think that they were worse sinners than everybody else? He said, if you guys don't all repent, you're going to perish in the same way. And by the way, the word perish here, we're used to it in John 3.16, where that's in that context, it's talking about being away from God for eternity, going to hell. But perish often just meant death, just meant the end. And these people died and he says, you know, you think that, oh, they didn't repent. They're bad people. And so that's why they perished. Jesus said, no, you're going to perish just like them if you don't repent. And he said, not just them, not just those Galileans, because in Jesus' day, some of the people in Judah around the city of Jerusalem, they kind of thought they were better than others. And uh, so they could see those Galileans deserving it because they're not really the holy people. They're not really close to the temple and all that. He said, but what, what about all these folks uh, around here? These, they weren't Galileans, and, and that, that tower fell on them. And lots of you said to yourself, mm-hmm, I, I knew they deserved this. I knew they had it coming. He said, do you think that they were somehow more wicked, more evil, more in need of repentance then all of you he said, no, absolutely not. And I tell you the truth, if you do not repent, you will all likewise perish. And what is, uh, I wouldn't say universally agreed upon, but most, almost all scholars 
biblical scholars would say, Jesus was foretelling the destruction of Jerusalem in A.D. 70 because the people of God, the Israelites, did not repent. They did not confess Jesus as their Savior and Lord. They did not turn from their evil ways. They kept on in unbelief. They kept on uh, going away from God's habit and his pattern. And that destruction, that perishing that was promised eventually came. Jesus tells a story to illustrate this, a little parable. I like it. It's about a fig tree growing in a vineyard. Um, kind of neat here because uh, the vine- vineyard often represented the nation of Israel. But he says there's a fig tree. And the man who owned this garden, he got tired of not having any figs. I- I'm imagining he was ready for preserves. You know, he was, he was ready to make some, some jelly, some jam, some something. And, and every year he went out, he'd owned this property for three years, or at least that tree had been there for three years, and there was no f- fruit yet. And he was like, he told his gardener, cut it down. And uh, the gardener said, wait a minute. I, you know, because the gardener, he wasn't the money man. The gardener knew a little bit more than this guy who owned it. He said, if you'll just be patient, let's give it another year. We're going to dig around the roots we're going to see what's going on. We're going, to, we're going to put some fertilizer, and then we're going to give it one more year, and then we'll evaluate. Then we'll see what's really going to happen. That's a very simple story, but it contains some extremely powerful spiritual truths that can change our lives, that can actually change the direction of where we go in and, and, and how our lives turn out. Three things that you and I need if we're going to grow, if we're going to change our lives. The first is simply truth. God takes truth and uses it in our lives to make us like he wants to make us. The truth is where that there is no fruit. The truth is that there's something wrong with this tree. And Beyond just that surface level truth, which is a symptom, the gardener says, I'm going to dig down and into the roots, and I'm going to explore and see what's going on underneath the surface. Nothing good is going to happen in your life if you bypass truth and try to go straight for results. If you just say, hey, I want more fruit, but you don't really ever look and see what the problem is. So when you look at your life and there is something in it that's going on that you don't like, that you see an attitude in your life, you see a direction or a path in your life, you see an outcome coming that you don't like, you can't just wish your way out of it. You can't just say, well, I don't want that, or I hope to not have that, or that's not what I really want. You know, people's common thing nowadays when they do things, and then they start getting shamed, and they'll say, but that's not really me. That's not who I am, you know. Um, And the Bible would say, well, you know, maybe we're not defined by one moment always, but Jesus says, The evil is not from the things that go in, but the things that come out. When we're under pressure and the words and actions that come out, that is a sign if they're evil things, that there's some evil inside. But here's the truth. The truth is God's word. And we have to look and see the truth of what God's word is and how do our lives line up to it. So we got to accept, hey, this is not going on correctly. Let's just say maybe it's our job. I'm not succeeding in my job. I'm not doing well. I'm not living up to what I should be doing. I'm not really 
doing, doing all that I'd hoped for and planned for. We accept that truth, and then we got to dig for the deeper truth. we got to get down underneath the surface where we're not just going by, you know, just casual um, sayings, just casual, you know, biases and stuff, just like these guys were. We're just like, oh, well, they must have been evil. They must have been evil. That's why that happened. That's why it happened. Now, we got to look and see what's really going on here. You know, and, and, and maybe we have uh, an anger problem that's uh, really a problem because our hearts are set on things that they shouldn't be in the first place and those things aren't happening for us and that's stirring up anger so things like that we got to dig beneath the surface we got to look what does God's word say about what I need in my life and then um, what exactly how am I lining up to his word so the truth the digging around, the seeing that there's no fruits, that surface truth, and then looking deeper, digging around the roots to find the deeper truth. It's the first thing that God does in our lives. The second thing that God um, uses to grow us is grace. Truth and then grace. So the man says, hey, I'm going to dig around, and while I'm down there digging around, I'm going to put some fertilizer in there. Here's the thing about grace. Grace is something that comes from the outside. Grace is something that you can't do for yourself, okay? If you could have done it for yourself, you'd have already done it for yourself. If you could have fixed your problem, you would have already fixed your problem. If you could have wished it away, you'd have already wished it away. But we need resources. We need help. We need strength. We need wisdom from outside ourselves. And so that fig tree there, uh, if the soil was not good enough, if it didn't have enough fertilizer, that fig tree, let's imagine it was alive. And this fig tree was a sad little fig tree because this fig tree was not producing fruit like he wanted to. And he could have said, oh, I want to produce fruit. I really want to, want to, want to, you know, and, and kind of done the whole little engine that could kind of thing on and on. But yet if that, if that fig tree never got better soil, it wasn't going to get any better. It needed the grace of the gardener taking that fertilizer and putting it in there and making, giving it something that it didn't have. See, when we come up with problems in our lives, uh, the soil is probably kind of weak. The soil is probably kind of bad. Uh, it's probably not fitting a right. There's something in our life that you know, those things that we just do well automatically, we got good soil for that. And you know how it is if you do any gardening. I don't, but I grew up in a family that did gardening, made me do gardening, which is why I don't do gardening these days. But, you know, I know that, that certain soil is good for some things and certain soil is good, not good for other things. My dad used to complain about this sandy soil we had down on the coast, and this won't grow good in it. That soil can't change itself. And we had a pecan orchard growing up. My family did and two of my uncles, they all had pecan trees around us. And, and this pecan orchard had been there for 100 years. And uh, the this, this soil was relatively good already on its own for pecans. It did pretty good. But my uncle, who was a forester, he didn't live there. He lived over in Florida. But he'd come back to the old home place. And, and, and while our crop would come in good some years and others not so good, we just kind of relied on the soil as it was and just, hey, whatever happens, happens. And a lot of people do that in life. You know, I'm just, I'm going to be as good as I can be. But they're not really as good as they can be because they have not reached out to God and to God's people for help, 
when they need help. But, you know, my Uncle Bill, what he would do is he would dig down, just like in the story, and he'd fertilize around those trees. And, you know, wonder upon wonder, he got more pecans. (laughs) He got a better yield. He got a better crop because he was intentional about putting the fertilizer in. And you and I need to be intentional about seeking out grace for our lives. We need grace for these places because we're weak in these places. We, we, We are helpless or we are not where we need to be. And so we need to seek it directly from God. We need to seek it from others. Now, turn this around and think how you can provide grace for others. Uh, maybe someone you know is, is struggling um, uh, with, with a, let's just say it's an issue uh, of exercise. And they just cannot, for the life of them, start exercising. And they know they're, they're getting weaker and they're getting you know, worse and worse, and they just, they just can't bring themselves to it. Well, maybe your act of grace would be say, hey, how about we meet up at the gym? Uh, fitness Factor, I'll see you there 6.30 Monday morning and Wednesday morning and Friday morning. And, and, and you help them with that accountability. You come alongside them and provide them with some of that, that, that they don't have within themselves some of the motivation. Sometimes our grace is simply encouragement. Somebody just, you know, uh, they're just down and they need to be encouraged. But oftentimes when people are in stuck in a serious situation, they need more than just encouragement. You know, maybe the grace that they need is an accountability partner. Maybe it is encouragement. Maybe it's, hey, we know you've got this problem and and we're going to help you find a facility where you can get some help. Maybe it is, you know, I... I think maybe, do you maybe not know the way out? Because I can show you some godly folks who've been through this, and they can tell you how to walk through it. So all of this is grace. There's the truth that says, if we're honest, and we don't like to face the truth, okay? Uh, Sometimes we don't like pictures. Have you ever noticed how a picture that goes on Facebook or social media that you post of you looks very different from the picture somebody else posts of you? Anyone else? It never happens to y'all. Okay. Well, what I notice is when a picture of me goes on the Facebook, boy, I mean, it's something. It's, you know, I mean, it, it kind of got the right angle, and now I'm going to take in 50 pictures, and this one, oh, yeah, Tim looks good. But see, when my friend takes a picture and posts it, I'm like, they're so evil. How did they post a picture of me like that? That was not my good side. You know, I mean, the, it's, it's, we don't like reality because just that one little picture is not the sum total of reality. What we see in that other picture, that's part of the reality too. And so we have to accept reality that is face that truth, but then we need the grace that's going to help us. And then we need time. Truth, grace, and time. Sometimes in the Christian culture, we think that the moment God convicts us about something and we feel him touch our hearts, yes, God, I'm wrong, I've been bitter. So that's, that's great. That's the truth. Okay, God, right now, I can tell your spirit is on me. I need to forgive that person that I have not forgiven. And I feel your spirit right now, and that's your grace. And so I'm going to do it, and I forgive them. And we think it's all over with, 
until the next time we see them or hear from them or hear about them. And then all of a sudden, these terrible feelings come back up. And then we're like, God, I can't forgive them. I've tried to forgive them, God. But yet, when I think about them, these terrible feelings come up, and and I just can't do it. Because we think that there's this instantaneous change. Well, there's two changes that are instantaneous according to God's word. There's a certain instantaneous change when you get saved. That is when you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, you become a child of God. And we know that on the resurrection day, there's going to be some instantaneous change. But in the middle, it's all about the process. It's all about taking up your cross daily, the Bible says denying yourself and following him. It's all about what Paul talks about in Romans chapter 12, where he says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds. So rather than, he's saying, rather than just fitting into the world's mold that it pushes you into and simply going with the flow, you need to be intentional about an ongoing transformation that happens as you take in God's truth and God's grace and you dwell on it, you meditate on it, you live on it, and that is the results in a transformation. So many times God gets our hearts, we say, amen, that's right. Maybe there's a tear in our eye. Maybe we come to the altar and kneel. Maybe we say a prayer. Maybe we do something. We think it's over. That's the beginning. That's the commitment that's where God finally got attention he finally got through to your thick skull and you've woken up and you've realized the truth and maybe you even move beyond that to actually getting over your pride and accepting grace from God and from his people but it's not all of a sudden healed one of the most frustrating parts of when I've counseled um uh done marriage counseling for folks that have had some kind of trouble and whether it was infidelity or whether it was just some other breach of trust or loss of trust and 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 this person who's really was in the wrong they're like yeah I'm ready I'm 100% I'm gonna do whatever it takes to make this work and then like three weeks later I don't understand she's just not the same (laughs) and I'm like dude you've been good quote good for three weeks (laughs) You did something that was life-altering to mess up this relationship. And thank God you've been given another chance, but this is going to take her giving you grace, and this is going to take you living in the truth, and it's going to take time. And God can heal that relationship through his grace and through his truth, but it's not going to happen in an instant, in a heartbeat. And the same is true with your relationship with God. Yes, the moment you ask him to forgive you, he forgives you. But that does not mean that all of a sudden your whole life, your habits, your patterns, every, the direction of your life is all of a sudden changed. We've got to take that truth, we've got to take that grace, and we've got to persevere in it. We've got to keep walking on it. Not just say, well, I walked a prayer, walked the aisle, I said a prayer, I, I made a commitment. You know, all these things that we talk about that are kind of like this one-time instantaneous thing, and we wonder, why didn't it work? Because that's not how God designed it to work. God never said, hey, uh, confess your sin to me and uh, say you're sorry, and I'm going to take away all desire of that, and you'll never struggle with it again. Please find that verse. I wish if you found that verse, that'd be my life verse. I would love that, but that's not the way it works. 
that we keep on keeping on. We keep on believing and following and trusting. And so God takes these very simple things, but very powerful things. His truth, the truth of his word and how it applies to your life, how you're measuring up to it. And then he takes grace. That is something that you don't have yourself. And mixes that in over time in a process of his work in your life. And through that process, if you follow it, next year when the rich man comes around, he's going to have his fig preserves. Because that fertilizer and those roots and that tending has all worked together to produce the fruit you want. But listen very clearly. Jesus is talking to these folks who all said, we all believe in God, we all trust him. He said, there's going to be some serious consequence. There's going to be some destruction in your life. If, after being given the opportunity of God's grace, now nobody's going to chop you down. I mean, I haven't heard of any axe murderers on the loose in our community. But the fig tree being cutting down is a symbolic of some kind of destruction, some kind of bad end that we don't want. I encourage you, understanding this process. So now you, you can't say, oh, well, I thought I said a prayer or made a commitment or did this or that. Why didn't it work? Now you know, okay? You know that it takes truth, it takes grace, and it takes time. I encourage you to be deliberate, to make those steps day by day, to keep walking in that truth and in that grace. And it's imperceptible, moment by moment. I don't know if you know this, but uh, if you post a picture today on Facebook and then you go uh, work out this afternoon, I mean, you do your max on bench press, you work out really hard. If you post a picture tomorrow, Uh, If someone says, oh, you look great, it's so great, they're lying to you. They're making you feel better. Nothing's different than the day before. But eventually, you'll get there. We need to do that spiritually. We need to get to where we need to be, grace, truth, and sticking with it over time. Pray with me this morning. Heavenly Father, um, we've all got weaknesses Places where we are so weak and we need your strength. Father, help us to avoid pride. The pride that is uh, basically ignores everything going around and, and is so self-centered that we don't see how what we're doing affects others. And we don't see uh, the path that we're taking and what it's going to do. God, help us to really look at your word, to walk in your word, to receive your grace, not to not be afraid to reach out and ask for grace from our brothers and sisters in Christ and how they can help us. And and for those of us who maybe we're not going through something right in the moment, that God, that we would extend grace. And through your truth and through your grace, whether it be directly through your spirit or indirectly through your people. Father, help us to walk in those things so that we might be changed, that our lives may be turned from a a direction and a path of destruction to one of life and one of blessing. Father, we pray and we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.